One family that really sticks with me was a father that was really ill and when he was at home, he loved to be in the garden. So the daughters and I, we would push him around in the wheelchair on days when he was feeling strong. I think it really was very therapeutic, especially for his family, for his daughters, to see that sort of like, I guess, relief on some days that he had to be in the garden. And I think it helped them cope with his end of life, really. The garden at the Ellen Sinclair Kennett Lodge has a special feature that isn't a plant or a decorative touch. It's there, but it's also invisible, at least at first glance. That's because this tranquil spot, found at a long-term care facility in White Rock, British Columbia, is built around a philosophy, a belief that nature can provide peace and comfort for both hospice patients and their families. In this episode of Power to Heal, We'll speak with a professional gardener who has found new meaning in her work by becoming a therapeutic horticulturalist, a specialist in plants and nature, and their unique ability to bring comfort to those entering the final stage of their lives. This is The Power to Heal. In this series of podcasts, we'll focus on the many innovative ways Peace Arch Hospital, located in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada, has been an integral part of its community. We'll take you behind the scenes of the hospital's dynamic fundraising arm and talk to those who are instrumental in creating new initiatives to help this important healthcare facility grow and evolve along with the town it serves. What was originally designed as a basic courtyard garden at a long-term care facility has recently been transformed into something very special with support from generous donors and the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, a therapeutic garden for hospice patients and their loved ones. The Vern and Helga Hoyne Tranquility Garden is set in a quiet area behind the Lodge's Melville Hospice Home and it provides a calming space for end-of-life patients, some wheeled out in their beds, to spend peaceful moments with their families. One of the key designers of this unique addition to the lodge is Caroline Les, a master gardener and a passionate advocate of beautiful and therapeutic outdoor spaces. We asked veteran broadcaster and longtime White Rock South Surrey resident Wayne Cox to speak with Caroline about her love of gardening, her background as a hospice nurse, and how these two factors combine to help her create the hospice garden that's at the center of today's episode. They were joined by Logan LaRue, manager of strategic communications with the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Well, a garden in a hospice care center may seem merely decorative to an outsider, but Caroline, in the case of the Ellen Sinclair Kennett Lodge, I understand it can serve a surprising number of purposes, including a philosophic one. But before we talk about that, what was the original intent of this beautiful space? And when did you first become involved with the hospice garden? I came into the hospice garden around, I believe it was 2018. I was to come to bring some colour to the garden. I have a small container business at the time and the Hospital Foundation knew about that. So I bought some containers and some summer colour really to the garden and that's how it came about really. It's really quite a unique space. Uh, you bring a unique skill set. Can you tell us a bit about your professional background and also tell us what a therapeutic 
horticulture is? So my background, I'm actually an RN and I've been practicing 30 plus years now. And I used to work at Peace Hospital. And my last position actually was as a hospice nurse working in the unit. And I guess I've taken a step back a little bit from the so-called medical model of care. And I think the more psychosocial support in healthcare is lacking. So that's how this sort of therapeutic horticulture thing came about, really. I've always enjoyed gardening. And it was just me actually going on the internet and researching horticulture and gardening and garden therapy and what was out there really and I've just sort of exploring this division if you like so I set up my own business doing container gardening and I've been working in the community with some senior people using plants as a medium I mean Therapeutic horticulture is using plants and nature to help your overall well-being and mental health. And it's very therapeutic, really. Is it the actual hands-on with the plants uh, that's therapeutic? Or is it just the beauty of the garden that people can just sit, relax and enjoy? Well, it's a combination. It's about making that plant-nature connection. It's based on a philosophy called biophilia, which is our natural, I guess, embodied relationship that we have to the environment. To be around plants and nature, it makes us feel better as human beings, really. And I think, especially in the healthcare setting, bringing the outdoors into the hospital environment really helps patients relax and makes it less stressful, if you like. Did you ever think when you were taking your RN training that this would be a component of being a nurse? Not really. I used to work in a very sort of acute environment when I was younger. And this is only something that I've come across as I've gotten older, longer in the tooth, I guess. (laughs) And just really realizing how you have to feed your soul and feed your spirit to keep you going and to keep you strong and to keep you healthy. And I think that's what gardening does. I mean, look at all the different sorts of like gardening clubs that are out there and garden nurseries. And I think now because of COVID, how people were so isolated, just having that human connection and plants bring people together and having that social support keeps you healthy. We've highlighted the lodge on previous episodes, so I'm going to bring Logan into our conversation right now for just, well, a brief snapshot of this state-of-the-art facility that you have. Logan, what does the lodge offer for patients and their families, and how is it funded? Well, Wayne, the now Ellen Sinclair Kennett Lodge is a 200-bed residential care facility that features the 15-bed George and Sylvia Melville Hospice Home and a 73-bed elder mental health care unit, all funded with donor support. It's a facility that's built on land owned and operated by Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, and Fraser Health is operating the medical services for patients requiring complex residential care, specialized mental health treatments, and compassionate 
compassionate end-of-life care. Our favorite part of the lodge is the Vern and Helga Hoing Tranquility Garden out back. Set in a quiet space behind the Melville Hospice home, the Tranquility Garden features a variety of plants and flowers, as Caroline mentioned, and provides a space for individuals and families to really gather, connect, reflect, and so much more. It's a wonderful facility. And Caroline, there must be some research that's been done about the effectiveness of the space. As Logan pointed out, it's really a highlight of the lodge having the garden there. And tell us a little bit more about the therapeutic side of that garden. Well, there was some research done that I read. Oliver Sachs, he's a clinical psychologist and he's quite famous in England. And he had stated that gardens and nature can be actually more powerful than any medicine. So just taking that time out to be outdoors, and it's kind of like a practice of mindfulness, I guess, really. And it just helps us heal. It helps us cope with events that can happen in life, right? And obviously when people are so sick in the hospice and they're suffering physically and mentally, coping with the changes, I think going out in the Tranquility Garden has been absolute paramount in their journey. It helps to support them and it's really helped to support a lot of families, patients and even staff. How did you choose the different flowers and the different shrubs to lay out in the garden? Were you looking at specific plants that maybe give off a calming effect? Yes, I think the touch and the smell of different foliage and flowers actually have been shown to stimulate your olfactory center in your brain and that connects to emotions and memories and so that can trigger conversations for people and a sort of like a sidetrack too from actually what's currently going on in their lives at that moment like planting lavender and rosemary and any herbs and one of my favorites is the white pine shrub which is very soft in texture and it's very very relaxing to sort of feel things like that have helped people and also plants that they can identify with good memories such as like roses which they're very fragrant and very pretty I think things like that has helped and also doing in the containers planting like petunias in the summertime which just go on and bloom and bloom and bring just a lovely color and a little bit of fragrance just to stimulate the senses and it's very calming. In a hospice setting such as the Melville Hospice Home at the Ellen Sinclair Kennett Lodge, emphasis is placed equally on providing high-quality palliative care alongside comfort, compassion, and peace of mind for end-of-life patients and their families. In this context, a thoughtfully planned garden can tend to the emotional and spiritual needs of everyone involved in this final chapter of our lives. Outdoors, families can gather in a more relaxed and formal manner to share precious moments with a loved one or just to reflect and meditate after visiting patients inside the lodge. This space, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be designed for families who are dealing with the end of life and also dealing with perhaps they just want a place to sit and contemplate what's going on, a calming area. Those two things coming together in this garden? Oh, absolutely. It's just been absolutely wonderful. There is a large patio area with these great French doors where the nurses are able to actually push the beds out into the garden. 
And so when the patients are so weak that obviously they can't get out of bed, we can push the bed out and they can lie there and they can listen to the birds and the bees and see the butterflies and stuff like that. So it's just so very healing and families can sit out in the garden. There are a couple of benches around where people can sit and chat or have those last conversations really on the good days. They're priceless. You're painting a very beautiful picture for us, I must say. And Logan, I'm thinking in terms, too, of people listening to this who perhaps were donors and they stepped up to help the lodge and the hospice care it provides. Talk a little bit about that. Who are some of these donors? Absolutely, Wayne. The lodge itself was really made possible by our generous community of donors here in White Rock in South Surrey. It was a $10 million campaign, a fundraising campaign held by Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. And thanks to these generous contributions back during the campaign, we were able to actually meet the entire goal, which increased our hospice beds and ensured that we were no longer having to ask local patients at Peace Arch Hospital to leave their home community for this kind of end-of-life care. Each contribution, including those little extras along the way, led to things like the beautiful garden and its upkeep and has made it possible for patients to spend the remaining time with loved ones in a gorgeous setting here in White Rock. Words truly can't express our gratitude to everybody who contributed. And Caroline, you received a grant from Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. What does that grant mean to you in terms of, well, continuing to work with the lodge, with the garden? I can change it up season by season. So I can bring different plants in, you know, at Easter and summer, fall and Christmas. Just brightens up the area. And also I can continue being a member of the Canadian Horticultural Therapy Association, which gives me a great resource base, connecting with different other professionals in the area, so we can sort of brainstorm and come up with new maybe activities and plant suggestions and trends that are happening in horticultural therapy and therapeutic horticulture. So that's been a great platform. And I've been able to attend the American Horticulture Therapy Association conference a couple of years ago and to see the work that they do in America. It was absolutely wonderful. So just to continue that work, bringing in the plants and working with nature and making it more of an interactive space, the grant allows that. And so it's just such a wonderful platform and I'm so thankful. And I guess the foundation in doing so allows us or you to keep up with what's going on in the rest of the world. Is this kind of space that we have at the lodge, can you find that at other facilities or is it a unique situation? I know locally the Delta Hospice actually has a garden, so they use that as an interactive space. And I also believe the health science unit at Vancouver General has a horticultural therapist working as part of their team with mental health and support for patients there. And also I connect with the Horatio Garden, which is a charity in the United Kingdom, and they actually have a couple of healing gardens in the hospital in a spinal cord unit. And they, there again, they push their beds out into the garden and they work with volunteers there. And it's a very interactive space. So that spurs me on when I see how it can work and what potential the garden has. It's amazing, really. Are there any specific stories you can share with us about the impact that the hospice garden has had, maybe 
Oh, a family story or an individual story? Well, there's a lot of stories and a lot of families that have come through. But I think one family that really sticks with me was a father that was really ill. And when he was at home, he loved to be in the garden. So the daughters and I, we would push him around in the wheelchair on days when he was feeling strong. And we'd sit and chat with him in the garden. And we'd have little bird ID books. And we'd talk about the birds that visited in the garden and picked some of the lavender and touched that, smelt that because lavender is a very healing plant. So I think that really helped. And also, I think it really was very therapeutic, especially for his family, for his daughters, to see that sort of like, I guess, relief on some days that he had to be in the garden. And I think it helped them cope with his end of life, really. It must make you feel very special when you see stories like that and see the effect that the garden has on people and families. Oh, absolutely. I love every moment of it. And I love to see the interaction. And it's so calming, like that sometimes people are back to their old selves again, you know, when they come out in the garden and they chat and they tell you stories. And it's that people plant nature connection. It's absolutely amazing. And it just happens spontaneously. It really, really does. Logan, looking at the thoughtful donor support for projects like this, what does it say to our community and the surrounding areas? I think it speaks volumes about what kind of citizens we have around. Absolutely, Wayne. Our community knows just how important it is to have this quality healthcare close to home. And we know through the very history of our hospital just how generous this community is. It is truly inspiring. Every single time that we come knocking for support, you know, a garden analogy, we're planting the seed of need. They're always there to help, to tend to that garden, to water it, and to watch our hospital bloom. And we will always be grateful for their help. Well, Carolyn, with the donors, as Logan pointed out, so generous. And there are always, I would imagine, upgrades or improvements that you'd like to see made possible for the hospice garden. Do you have a wish list that would make this wonderful space even better than it already is? Oh, absolutely, I do. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> yes, I would love to be more involved, I think, in the garden and really use it as an interactive space. I would just love to have more of sort of a maintenance budget, if you like, where I could come into the garden a couple of days a week and nurture it as more of a therapeutic space, keeping up with the plants and the weeds and things like that. So I think it would definitely need more of a maintenance budget, really, and to be able to change up some of the plants too, to make it more therapeutic, to add more textures and smell and colour to the garden and maybe even make like a cutting garden so we can work with patients and families and actually pick the flowers and maybe do some floriculture, just some basic flower arrangements and things like that. And also long-term, I'd love to become a registered horticulture therapist and maybe introduce a horticulture therapy program in the unit for sort of mental health and a stress relief for the patients, families and staff. Those are all great ideas, and let's hope the foundation can help bring that to a reality. And Logan, is there a way that someone listening right now could say, I love this idea and I would like to donate 
can they direct their donation to the garden specifically? Absolutely, Wayne. Gifts of any kind always make an impact and allow us to fund both critical equipment and upgrades to hospital spaces, even outdoor ones such as the garden. One way that donors can really support is by making a gift in support of our area of greatest need, because this can also support our various granting streams. There are so many ways to give that support this, including cash gifts, gifts of appreciated securities, gifts in will, and so much more. And it's through this fund that we are able to lend assistance to programs like Caroline and more in the future as well. Well, let's hope that does come fast and people get in touch with the foundation right now. How about that? And Caroline, maybe you could tell us just a little bit more about your background and your company and how people could get in touch with you. Yeah, so I have the Little Garden Company, which it's like an umbrella, I guess, of, yes, gardening and basically like garden therapy, working with, I guess, vulnerable populations. And I do a lot of work right now, it seems, with seniors. I have one lady who's got MS and we've been working in her garden, planting vegetables and things like that. And I think it's been a great relief for her. So I'm a locally based business and I love working with vulnerable populations. I'm lucky to have had my nursing background. And so working with horticulture, working in gardens, it's just great. And that's what I do. I come to your home. I work with you and doing different like plant activities for like stress relief and building strength and things like that. So it's It's just been amazing and I love it. We thank you both for joining us and thank you for sharing this wonderful idea, Caroline and Logan, thank you too. And thank you for joining us. No, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. The Power to Heal podcast presented by Peace Arch Hospital Foundation in White Rock, British Columbia, takes you behind the scenes of an innovative hospital foundation and introduces you to the team who find new and sometimes surprising ways to engage with the local community and help fund the best healthcare possible in the region. Since 1988, the foundation has raised over $210 million for capital projects, medical equipment, and community health programs. Their passionate and caring team's number one priority is the prudent stewardship of your gifts and the resulting positive impact on patients and medical staff at Peace Arch Hospital and the entire White Rock, South Surrey community. Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, where innovation comes to life in so many ways. The simple act of giving is truly transformational. Every dollar we receive is enhancing healthcare in this community, whether it's supporting our capital infrastructure, the purchase of essential medical equipment, or funding a wellness program like stroke recovery or a children's club to encourage healthy habits and active play. Our wide range of giving options includes monthly donations, an increasingly popular and convenient choice that makes the greatest impact on your community hospital. You just sign up once and the rest is automatic. And that includes receiving a consolidated tax receipt at the end of the year. But no matter what giving option you choose, it all matters and it all makes a difference. Be sure to subscribe to Power to Heal wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Each episode brings you inspiring stories about the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation and its innovative approach to supporting better health care throughout the White Rock, South Surrey community. Thanks for listening. Another Everything Podcast production. 
visit everythingpodcast.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast.